What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the MLS Multiplex Podcast with contributors from MLSMultiplex.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the MLS Multiplex Podcast. As always, it's Drew here with Josh and Connor catching you up on the wild world of MLS as the season starts to wind down. We start looking at playoff pushes and playoff races. Teams begin to clinch. Teams begin to plan for the offseason because they have been eliminated. So thanks for tuning in. We're super happy to be back. A lot has happened since we've last talked. A lot of things in the world of sports that affect uh, two of us specifically, and we will talk about that soon. But Connor, how is school going? How is are the Leafs going? How is practicum going? I feel like every time we talk about school, I don't know what that word even means, but you talk about it a lot, so how's that going? <laughs> uh, thanks for bringing up the Leafs. That's really what are I they doing to really talk bad today. Well, they played Chicago last night, and Chicago this regular season had not had a lead all season, and then promptly went up to nothing in the first period. Uh, the Leafs did go on to win in overtime, so that's a positive. But yeah, they're not doing great. Uh, they're not doing hot. And yes, practicum. I don't know what it actually means either. It's basically just a giant assignment. Uh, but it's been going well. We did three interviews with three, uh, one former Canadian women's national team hockey player, two who are currently in the centralization roster. Uh, if you care, it's Jana Hefford, um, Emma Maltes and Jamie Lee Rattray. Uh, so talk to them on the weekend. We talked to Sarah Fillier, who's also on the Canadian women's national team. We're talking to Casey Torres, who's an assistant coach for New York, the New York Rangers, AHL team. Uh, so 
we're banging out the interviews. We just got some more for next Tuesday, uh, which I'm not a part of, thankfully. Um, probably. But yeah, just continuing to grind through that and grind through school. It's been a busy week. Had like four or five assignments due and I got one still to do for tomorrow and another big one due on Monday. So it's been a grind and I'm, my voice is very tired. I did a radio show today as well, which if you haven't listened to my radio show, go to spiritlive.ca and you can listen to me every three, every Thursday from three to four talk sports. Uh, so after that shameless, shameless plug, Josh, how have you been doing over the last two weeks? Because we didn't record a podcast last week because your baseball team was playing. <laughs> yeah. Um, last two weeks have been good. They've been, they've been good. I've been very busy. Um, I, well, all right, let's start with the Braves. They, Connor's been making fun of me and Drew the last, uh, the last couple weeks because every time the Braves lose a game, Drew and I get all gloom and doom for very good reason. Um, and so even when things got really dark and sad against the Dodgers, which it really never got dark and sad because the Braves had the lead in the series the whole time. Uh, even when it got, you know, sketchy, Connor was there to uh, make fun of us and tell us to be okay. That's going to be okay and not worry. And he ended up being right about the Dodgers series. Now it's a totally different game. But <laughs> you were up three to one in the series and you were panicking. Of course we were. What do you think happened a year ago? We, we literally have seen that movie before. So <laughs> Leafs fan, you're talking to a Leafs fan who is blown, who literally less than what? Six months ago, blew a three, one series lead in the playoffs. So you know how easy it is. Yes. So you know, yes, to worry. I know not to panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. Well, it is time to panic, but we'll get to that in a second. You're going, <laughs> oh my god, you're tied one one after winning a no, game no, no, in Houston. No, no. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I actually am happy that the Astros won last night. By the way, and I'm going to tell you guys about that in a second. But yeah, I know, weird, right? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It'll be worth it. So, uh, yeah, Braves won. They they got to the World Series. They have played two games by now, as Connor was alluding to one one series. That's been really huge, uh, especially around here in Atlanta. But I did not get to see that game in Atlanta. I was in Houston, oddly enough. I went to Texas over the weekend uh, to visit a friend. And so Friday night, we were out uh, bar hopping. And the Astros game was everywhere, of course. And there were tons of Astros fans out and about because this is Houston. And they were playing the Red Sox to finish their series up. So they ended up winning, obviously, to get to the World Series. And then the very next night, we were uh, downtown Houston. I was actually at a Brian Ching-owned bar. Brian Ching used to play for the Houston Dynamo and the U.S. Men's National Team. So I was at his bar, which had a actual mini pitch inside the bar. That was pretty cool. I wish they were playing soccer. I would have I would have hopped in for a, a game or two. But they had cornhole instead. But uh, So we were at that bar watching the Braves clinch their series. So I was in Houston to watch the Braves advance to the World Series to play Houston. So it was a very weird situation. But... I did also get to go to an Austin FC game on Sunday. We drove uh, from Houston over to Austin. It's like a two-hour drive. Uh, I got to see Q2 Stadium in the flesh, watch them play the Houston Dynamo. It just happened to be the same weekend that those teams were playing. Uh, The game itself was entertaining. The teams are not very good. Uh, But it was a really cool stadium, really cool atmosphere. So different from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. like It's just like not even the same, but still cool in its own way. 
but World Series happening. Astros won last night. And the reason why I wanted or didn't want but was cool with the Astros winning is because that guaranteed a game five at Truist Park on Sunday night to which I have been invited by a friend oh to sit in the eighth row behind home plate. Oh, my God. Ooh, that's an expensive ticket right there. For a World Series game. Yeah, so shout out to my friend Lindsay. She's the best (laughs) for inviting me to this World (laughs) Series game. How how did she get that? So long story short, her parents actually have those tickets. Uh, Her dad owns them, uses them for clients and stuff for the business he – I think he's the CEO of. But um, I've actually sat in those seats before. It was three years ago against the Padres over the summer. Fantastic. It's like all you can eat, all you can drink. Um, in those seats, people bring ice cream and beer and food to you in the seats. Like they just bring it to you and you get to pick. Uh, so it's pretty crazy. You know, they're club seats, but anyway, yeah. So she just texted me earlier this week and was like, Hey, what are you doing Sunday night? I was like, uh, probably watching the Braves. And she's like, would you like to see that in person behind a plate? And I was like, yeah, I was like, are you serious right now? (laughs) Like, uh, duh. But at the time, none of the games had been played. So when the Braves went up one nothing, I was like, watch the Braves sweep this series and I won't even get to go to the game. But I'll be like happy because the Braves swept. But it never even got to that point. So except now rain is threatening. I don't know what's going to happen if there's going to be any rain outs or what's going on with that. So fingers crossed I can just go on Sunday. And I'll consider a bit of an early birthday present too since that's next week. But anyway, Drew, big week ahead for you. Big Saturday coming up. Although it's maybe not the most interesting matchup, I would assume things are still spiced up on campus. And then, of course, the Braves. Where were you when the Braves clinched? I assume you were watching. Where was I? That's a great – I was at a – I was back home, which was good. Georgia football was off last week, so I took that moment to go home and chill and not worry about football. So I was at a restaurant in Gainesville with my friends. And funny story about that, yes, I was watching it at a – it's this place called Wild Wings. It's like a wannabe Buffalo Wild Wings, very sport bar type vibe. And they had a projector down that was – all the TVs were on the Braves game, but this projector was like big in the center of everything, and it was like the focus. Like everyone was watching this Braves game. And there was a stage behind it, and as soon as Dansby made that play, which I don't know how he did it anyway because that was phenomenal, and Freddie caught the ball, the guy goes out. We start seeing the players like run onto the field, and I think – the commentator is like in the middle of saying the Braves are going to the World Series. The guy in the band that was supposed to play after that that night just turns the TV off and like raises the projector and starts playing like really bad 80s cover music. <laughs> so we like go from like absolute <laughs> excitement, like, oh my God, for the first time in our lives, the Braves are going to the World Series. We've waited 20 years for this. And then like some 50 year old white dude is singing like, girls just want to have fun and it was the most confusing moment of my life we're kind of like what's going on like maybe one too many beers in and it was just it was a bad day but it was fun nonetheless got to see the braves clinch um so that was really good did did that guy get beat up i think no but i think even worse it was a obvious and loud reaction of like booze and everyone leaving at once so he probably felt really bad, which I didn't. But at first, I felt sorry for the guy, but not really. <laughs> so no beating up, but even worse, booze and an empty restaurant. I, I figured he would have been pummeled to absolute mush for that. I would have been furious if that were me. Uh, 
I don't. Why wouldn't he just put it back down and turn it on again once everybody started booing? I, I don't know. I think because the game went pretty late. I think it was around eleven forty-five when the game was over, and the restaurant closes at midnight. So he probably like had the restaurant booked on what was it Saturday night, Friday Saturday night. I think when the Braves clinched, and he's probably booked like, hey, I'm gonna pay this much to play at your restaurant. And then it was like, I have 15 minutes left. Let's get it going. But you get to pay to play at the reaction. restaurant. I assume so. I don't know. Josh, is that like, do you know that world of music? Do those guys have to pay to play there? Or? No, no, no. Well, it depends. Most of the time they will get hired to play at a bar like that. Not a lot of money, not enough money, but um, sometimes they'll just, there'd be like a cover charge sometimes at bars where in order to be in the bar while the music is playing, you just pay a, f- a flat fee and that goes to the musician or whatever. So he probably did not pay to be there. He was probably being paid. Which makes That's makes good. it make even less sense. Because ugh, maybe he had to play in order to get paid. That That might be it. That makes sense, actually, yeah. Who knows? We're spending too much time talking about some random dude who played at a bar in the middle of Georgia that nobody's ever heard of. Um... <laughs> which I guess makes sense. Uh, you know, that's sort of what this podcast is at this point. Uh, <laughs> a bunch of white dudes standing in front of a group talking as nobody listens. Uh, but let's do some North Americans abroad, uh, as both of you silently acknowledge <laughs> that that is completely true. Um, 18-year-old striker Dante Seely who is currently on loan yes. from FC Dallas, scored a hat trick for a young PSV on Friday. Young PSV is the second team for uh, PSV Eidenhoven. Uh, so that's pretty big. Uh, congratulations to Dante Sealy. I actually did recognize that name, which I'm surprised about. I think he has scored, he's at least scored once in MLS. I don't know how many goals he has, but he's definitely scored at least once. That's probably how I know him. Um, another person who I know, Weston McKenney, uh, scored for Juventus. You know, that no name on Wednesday. Uh, Cameron Carter Vickers, another person I know, scores versus Celtic. Eh, on Wednesday. Uh, and then finally, Christian Ramirez scored his ninth goal of the season in all competitions for Aberdeen on Wednesday. So we're getting a heavy Scottish League focus. On this episode, it's probably going to be a heavy Scottish League episode, to, period. Uh, but maybe we'll dive into that later. Uh, which North Americans abroad are you two picking? That really, do we even have to pick these at this point? Uh, I guess not. I'll, I'm going to assume that your disdain for Celtics is that you're a Rangers fan, Connor. I'm a Glasgow fan. Let's go with that. I'm not going to pick oh, a team, right. Rangers or Celtic. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> I'm not picking a team, Rangers um, or Celtic. I'm not looking to get stabbed. I can't remember which side of Glasgow my family's from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> Drew, you good? Some stupid punt thing happened. Don't worry about it. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> um, the only thing I want to point out is I wonder if – Dante Sealy scoring leads to him coming back to Dallas as a possible striker replacement for another 18-year-old that is probably leaving this offseason. Maybe two striker replacement because I could... Two? Jesus Ferreira. 
Uh, I don't think he gets sold yet, but he's he's not far behind Pepe. I feel like, but maybe not yet. Now, if you're talking about replacing Frank O'Hara because that dude's terrible, then yes, you are right. Two strikers. Well, yeah, that would be ideal. I just don't think that'll happen. <laughs> how do you offload that unless they do a buyout? Yeah, that's a lot of money. It is a lot. He's of a money. he's a DP, isn't he? Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I think Dante Sealy. I think that's interesting, just in a sense that you know, could we be looking at the so-called Pepe replacement? Uh, to put a label on it, I suppose. But other than that, I mean, I also, I guess it's worth mentioning Christian Ramirez because that's been pretty under the radar, but he has been playing very well for Aberdeen this year. So good for him. Drew, which one are you going to pick? You know, I can I just pick FC Dallas as my North American abroad because you have Sealy and Weston McKinney scoring goals. I think the only other time we'll talk about FC Dallas in this podcast is because they were eliminated from the playoffs, which I feel like that's very indicative of FC Dallas is that they produce stud muffins, but then actually in MLS, they're kind of trash. So I think this is a good time to shout out FC Dallas. So that's my North American abroad moment of the week is just FC Dallas existing and producing good talent while being terrible in MLS. Good to know, I guess. I'm not picking one because I refuse to pick or... Choose a you know what? You're just saying that because there are no Canadian players. How do Alfonso Davies do this week? Do we have any Davies update? We're not yeah, he got he participated. He participated. He participated on a team that lost five nothing in a cup match. A cup match. Okay, against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, yeah, they're not doing too hot this year, so I wouldn't no, necessarily. No, but use that it's not like a, they're losing fallback. to a fourth division team. It's at least Bundesliga. 5-0, though, for the best club in Europe, so Yes, to speak. it's bad. I get it. Okay, let's move <laughs> so on. So to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle's coming up soon. Don't worry. Oh, my God. <laughs> let's quickly move on before we get into another fight. MLS news. Let's have a fight. New England <laughs> Revolution. Drew's kissing the badge my boys. currently. His boys, uh, the ones who (laughs) called out Josh for his brilliant opinion (laughs) at the beginning of the season that the New England Revolution were not a top three team in the East, clinched the supporter's shield, and have set the points record in MLS. Mr. Boland, do you have any comment? Also, this is, I think, the first episode since you've admitted that your opinion was incredibly I bad. I don't think a notes apology is justified here. I think you need to write a book. Oh my yeah. gosh. Just not about why I was wrong about the greatest regular season in MLS history. I didn't, not, even, not even the worst take on this podcast. Um, but I beg to differ, sir. All I said was I didn't think they were a top three team. I didn't even say they were a bad team. Whereas somebody decided to say that the second team in the East wasn't even going to make the playoffs. In a we league where a majority... In the in a league where the majority of the league makes the playoffs, this man said they weren't making the playoffs. Who just won their first game in a month against? I think the I think objectively that's a worse take. Winners. They beat them. They crushed them six to three. After they were losing. they were losing. Not important. Did you know that was oh historical? God. Third time that's ever happened. <laughs> Oh, God, Josh. Josh. Anyway, okay. <laughs> moving New England. On. Talk about New England. Talk about your failures. Look, if you, if anybody here that's listening to this podcast and like hasn't seen it yet, I defer to my Twitter account. All right. <laughs> I went out there and apologized. Uh, still had 
tons of New England fans getting in there saying, wow, this aged well. They all say the same exact thing. It's pretty funny. Uh, my One of my friends got in there and, and made a little joke. He had a little joke tweet about it that was really good, something about me rolling over to my phone and getting another five notifications from that tweet. And it says that they all say the same thing that aged well, but uh, yeah, no, I, I admitted defeat. It's fine. I, I own my mistake for saying they weren't a top three team, you know, God forbid that's a horrible take. And you know, I got embarrassed, but whatever they, they're the best team in the league. So can I just jump in and say shout out to your brother who liked my tweet making fun of the fact that you finally admitted that your opinion was terrible? Yes, no, that my brothers know <laughs> about my terrible opinions. It's not it's not really news. Shout to out them. Jared. <laughs> um <laughs> also it's we it was funny. We went to the Atlanta United game last night, me and Jared, and then my friend who did the joke tweet, and then another friend of ours, and um he didn't know about the tweet or anything, he's not on Twitter or anything like that. So we, we kind of filled him in on the story and uh, it dawned on me and it was what I told you guys, right? Like they, they, they owe me, they owe me for making that bad take because now they ended up becoming Bulletin you know, board a record setting. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's on the locker room every day. I, like Drew said, I never, I never really like come out with those takes like that. And like the one time I do, I get messed up. And then I was thinking about the other, when I got dragged for that Heinze, that Heinze uh, headline saying that he was perfect for Atlanta United. So maybe I'm just bad luck. I don't know. Maybe I need to start tweeting the opposite of what I want to happen. And that way I can get roasted while simultaneously winning. This poses a very interesting question though. How many New England players do you think saw your tweet? I am going to say definitely zero. They, the account, the team account tweeted that. That it still did not get a lot of engagement even after they retweeted it probably has something to do with the amount of followers the team account has but how does can you go to that tweet and look and see how many views it has you can't see who specifically i can't see see how many people have viewed it uh i'll go i can go to my tweet i just want to point out so for reference atlanta united has a million followers on twitter wait wait no that can't be right that's right they're the only mls team to have a million Oh, but you know what? It probably... Oh, they do have a million. Okay, so by reference, Elaine, I had a million Twitter followers, right? New England Revolution, 125,000. That's it. Yeesh. So there were not many that saw it to begin with. But as you guys talk about New England and other horrible takes or whatever, I will look up to see how many people saw that tweet, that original tweet. Okay, Drew, what did you think about New England clinching the supporters' shield with a game to go? And setting the single game, our single season points record already. You know, as a lifelong Revolution fan, since Josh made that tweet, <laughs> I'm just happy to see the boys finally break through. It's been a long, painful stretch, um, but no, they they've clearly been the best team in the league. I think right now I saw MLS's MVP power rankings. Heels at the top, Bo is right there, and Buxa is pretty good as well. So when you have two players like that, I think he'll. Have we just given up on him breaking the assist record? I haven't been following that for a while but he was on track to do that for a while and now I mean literally if this team goes on to win MLS Cup I think the conversation turns to is this the best team in league history 
after breaking the points record. And then if they do it, I know they didn't win Open Cup, but there was no Open Cup. So I think that's kind of a weird hiccup along the way. But yeah, they've been clearly the best team in the league. Um, it was just a matter of when they would do it as far as clinching the shield. And then it turned into a game of, are they going to break the points record? Which I think we talked about it a little bit, talking about if New England's going to slow down and start resting some players toward the end of the playoffs. And then Josh mentioned that there's a possibility that they might break the points record, so that would kind of keep them going. And they did just that, um, tying Orlando City or beating Orlando City. I'm not sure their last result that it was to do it. But a lot of results, they just have... I mean, you look at the numbers, they have no business winning some of these games, and they come back and somehow win the game, somehow die the game. They beat Colorado on Wednesday in 1-0, so a good opponent, and they tied Orlando City 2-2. So two pretty good teams that they got points from. Uh, Yeah, they've clearly been the best team in the league. Good players are playing to that caliber, and Bruce Arena's doing it again. So we'll see if they finally break through and win MLS Cup. Uh, If you look at the history of the Revolution, not a lot of good memories in MLS Cup Finals. But maybe they'll do it this year. Um, yeah, excited for him. See what happens. Tejon Buchanan's a huge deal. Heel, Bo, Buxa, Matt Turner's the best goalkeeper in the league. Just all in all, this team's so good. They're so fun to watch. And let's see if they keep it rolling toward the playoffs because I am a firm believer. I'm an MLS Cup supremacist over the Shield. So I want to see him win the Cup. The Shield's cool and all, but I'm a Cup enthusiast. So I want to see him do it in the playoffs in these crazy format games and they get that first round by which is very useful rest players let some other teams beat up on each other in the process so we will see how they do in the postseason but one game left see if they can extend that record to make it a little harder to beat which is wild because i feel like what in the past three years we've seen the points record broken not three years in the past five years the points record's been broken three times but the red bulls doing it because atlanta choked on the last day lafc did it Revolution did it. And none of those teams are on to win MLS Cup. So maybe the refs can do it. Little update on my tweet. 25,000 times people saw that tweet on Twitter. So that's a, that's a decent amount. However, people only like clicked on the tweet like 500 times. So just because they saw it doesn't mean they necessarily cared about it. No, but it does raise the likelihood that a player potentially saw it. Did Tejon Buchanan see your tweet? That's all we want to know. <laughs> Is it on someone's I, locker? I I would, lo- you know what? All right, yeah, there's a chance that a player saw the tweet once, but for them to look at it and say, I'm going to, I'm going to prove this guy wrong. I'm going to, I'm going to prove this clown wrong, right? For them to do that and to print it off or whatever, like, like bookmark it or something like that. Uh, I'm going to go with zero on that. Now, <laughs> I could be wrong. and I could get like a random like these next couple weeks. That's a New England player. I'm going to be like, ah, shoot. <laughs> but I highly doubt that's going to happen. But anyway, speaking of the New England Revolution and their wonderful historical breaking season, which <clears throat> they managed to get another win and extend that thing to 76. I'm going to be wildly impressed. I already am super impressed uh, that they broke the record to begin with. But 76, that's a that's a big gap back to that 72. Obviously, with winning Sports Shield, it meant they clinched playoff spot. Another team in the East joined them as well. Which team is that, Connor? No comment. Uh-huh, yeah. Starts with the same letter. You were close. Nashville. Nashville is the team that clinched the spot in the East, Eastern Conference playoffs. 
Uh, it's just them and New England right now, although I believe Philadelphia will be able to clinch uh, with a result this upcoming weekend since they only have two games left. Uh, and then in the West, Sporting Kansas City, Seattle, and Colorado, who are all the best team in the West all of a sudden, they've clinched their playoff spots because it's definitely not Seattle anymore. <laughs> Nor is it Sporting Kansas City. So I guess by default that makes it Colorado, or maybe we can pretend that they all have a share of the best team in the West. Um, <laughs> do you guys have any thoughts on these teams? I, you know, I th- think at least as far as things go in the East, you know, yeah, Connor and Josh suck. They didn't think these would be the two teams to get those top playoff spots. But any thoughts about these teams out in the West? Other than Drew, Drew's not allowed to have an opinion. <laughs> This is my podcast of all my takes coming true for once. <laughs> this is the best podcast ever. Nashville's good. New England's good. Vancouver's good. Atlanta's good. Look at this man. This man is glowing. He has four teams in the playoffs. All four. He's for batting now, a thousand now. right now. Yeah, for now. It could go wrong. could go sideways. Uh, only thing I feel like I have to say about the West is I feel like none of these teams want to be the best team in the West. <laughs> They like Seattle had that large gap and then like SKC looked pretty good for a while, but then they didn't look so good. Now they look really good again, but they're really only like, I want to say three points ahead of Colorado. Yeah, they're only three points ahead of Colorado and Seattle's still tied as well. Although Sporting Kansas City is a game in hand, but either way, to me, it just doesn't seem like anybody wants to be the, the best team in the West. I just want to jump in here and say that actually is a lot of engagements. I, the tweet I got retweeted by FC Bayern only put up 58,000 impressions. Maybe and, only. That's a lot. Yeah, but FC Bayern, you know, the team that has what? Let me look at their followers. They just lost 5-0 in the cup match, those guys? Those guys that have 1.7 million followers. Wow, they only have 1.7 million followers? And lost 5-0 in a cup match. It's, it's probably their English account, right? Yes, it's their English yeah, account. That makes sense. Yeah, so, I mean... The reason why I have so many so much engagement, I think, is because the tweet kept coming up. It was like two times where someone would interact with it, or Drew would hop on with a fantastic Gil meme. So How that, that, that thing kept getting revised. With that meme? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, definitely n- more than zero. Definitely more than zero. Probably a few, if I had to bet. I guess I should admit that the Nashville take is terrible. Um, yes, it's pretty bad. It was very bad, uh, but I still stand by it. I don't think that they're going to do very well in the playoffs. As I said very loudly. This team is built for the playoffs, bro. Built for the playoffs. This team has only just gotten their first win in a month. How many losses, though? How many losses? Okay, uh, three, great. I think. How many times can you draw in the playoffs? As many, you get extra penalty kicks. It's like game seven. Anything can happen in penalty kicks. Give the ball to Hani Money, make a Mukhtar, let him cook. <laughs> Ake Loba's getting hot. He scored a goal. Yeah, his first one. Okay, that's well, because the guy never Gary plays. Smith doesn't believe in playing designated players because Jandre Cadiz is a waste of space. Hani's good, and he just is allergic to playing Ake Loba for some reason. Okay, well, sure, former Nashville employee. Don't let the boys <laughs> in gold get hot. Don't let them get hot. Six goals against... The worst team in probably history, but don't let them get hot. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I don't think Nashville will do very well, honestly. But, you know, I could be incredibly wrong. Um, 
Do we have to do anything else on the teams that have clinched playoff spots? No, no, no. We can definitely talk about the teams that have been eliminated. Can we move on from the teams that have been eliminated? Just want to point out that Texas is terrible. Texas is back. Horns down. Also, if your team name starts with a C, you're probably in trouble. How many teams are named Chicago, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Chicago, Colorado is doing great. Columbus is struggling a lot. That's it. So at least 50% are not going to make the playoffs. Minimum. Probably 75%. (laughs) Probably 75%, exactly. Um, We'll ignore the team that's in between the two Cs. Um, Which team? Toronto FC. Oh, that's the one. (laughs) The team who's likely lost Jefferson Soteldo for potentially the season. Yeah, that team. Oh, wait. Hey, Connor, how does it feel to be talking to a man that is a fan of four teams and has all four in the playoffs? (laughs) And you're a fan fan of just one team, and they're not in the playoffs. Man. Not fun. Um, I love it. Not fun, but I will say... I got to say, their last game, Josie looked like old Josie. That free kick. Albeit it was his first start and his first 90 minutes in like since last season or before the pandemic. But He had the free kick before that. He had the week before that. It was the free kick. Yes, but he came on as a sub, so he didn't Yeah, yeah, start. so that wasn't a start. No. Was that free uh, but kick? But that free kick also should definitely have been saved. We, Yeah. <laughs> was that under the wall? No. It was like it was to the curling side. around. Okay, okay. Because I saw uh, someone scored under the wall for Atlanta, and I thought Josie did this Araujo. too. Araujo, who should be yes. Araujo. Yes. No, it's not the Brazilian pronunciation. That that shows that guy that's laying on the wall. That is prime time MVP candidate stuff. That Brick is wall down there. Goat player status as Leo Messi also does that, or he did it once. Which, thinking about it, is probably stupid because if you get drilled in the face, that could be bad. Uh, other team that we didn't mention, apart from the two, all three Texas teams who suck, uh, except for Dallas. Dallas are good because they have Nkosi, uh, who oddly hasn't played in quite a while. I don't know if he's hurt or not. Do you know if he's hurt? I, I think he's hurt. Is that why they suck? I think. Yes, because Nkosi hasn't been playing. My column. It's probably... Pretty big reason. Um, I can, well, the midfield probably is an issue too. But another team that was interestingly eliminated is the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, Matias Almeida is just going to leave, isn't he? I think he has one more year on his contract, and he is like not willing to uh, get out of his contract like that. But he might be fired, well, so it might not matter. Uh, maybe. I... I don't see him lasting very long. Uh, I, <laughs> it just doesn't feel like he's enjoying his time there, to be honest. And granted, why would you? Um, no offense to San Jose, but they suck. Do we have anything else we want to say in reference? Ivan's going to yell at me, isn't he? Hi, Ivan. <laughs> Hopefully you don't yell at me. Um, anything else we want to say about eliminated teams or playoff teams? Toronto... High expectations coming to the season, collapse. San Jose was interesting coming to the season, collapse. Chicago and Cincinnati, pretty on par. Houston got us excited for a second there. They got us. They really did. But, nope. 
that's how things go, unfortunately. And we'll see what Toronto do this offseason because I'm very interested in terms of what Bra- Michael Bradley said today, which was, uh, I want to, uh, I saw something along the lines of, he's looking forward to this offseason to make an influence on the team. So, you know, it's not like his dad's coming up out of a contract or something or anything in December, you know. The Houston Dash are in the playoffs, though. That's good. What? The Houston Dash are making a playoff push. The only good soccer thing in Texas. This is true. Yeah. Dash Thanks on. to Canadians. Yes, because Canadians are the best. And Just the go Canadians to Adbury, are... Connor. <laughs> no, because I need to say the Canadians are doing their celebration tour. And shout out Team Canada, who wear their gold medals proudly because they're the best soccer team in women's soccer. We'll be right back after this quick ad. And we are back to talk some crazy playoff races in both conferences as the season winds down. Most teams have two games left to play. A couple have one game left to play. And a couple have three games left to play as they start fighting for those spots. Like we just talked about, some teams have officially clinched and can kind of rest a little bit. And some teams have officially been eliminated, so can rest a little bit, but for totally different reasons. But in between those two pieces of bread is a hodgepodge of craziness that is the middle of both conferences. And we're going to start in our favorite conference, the Eastern Conference. Uh, Currently, right now, as we go fourth through tenth, remember the top seven make the playoffs. Fourth through tenth, there are six points separating those six spots, six, seven, eight teams, whatever, um, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, NYCFC with 47 and Columbus in f- with 41. So even though they're super close on points, just get a couple of results to bounce their way. One is looking inside the playoff race and the other one is on the outside looking in as the fitting MLS cup champs. So a wild time in the Eastern conference. Um, but we're going to start with some teams. We're talking about NYCFC because they, for a while there, we didn't talk about them a whole lot because it was just utter collapse. And I just don't think anyone wanted to talk about it. Um, but now they're in fourth, looking to clinch a home playoff game. But like we said, it is a hodgepodge right there. They are currently tied with Orlando City with 47 points in fourth. Elaine United is one point behind them with 46 points, and Atlanta is one of the few teams with 31 games played. So if Atlanta United were to go on and win one game and NYCFC drop a result, NYCFC could totally go from potentially hosting a playoff game to Honestly, being on the outside looking at it and not making the playoffs at all. So NYCFC, pretty tight-knit, crazy situation. Josh, what do you think about NYCFC? Do you think this, because it feels like it's a little bit of a kind of last little run here they're running in. Um, granted, they've played two really bad teams the past. Well, DC United, a smackdown, DC United, 6-0. And then they got Chicago, a 1-0 win uh, after tying with Lane United. So NYCFC, a pretty good run here recently. Uh, they have Inter Miami on Saturday, one of the teams that have been eliminated. And then they end the season with Philadelphia, a team that hasn't clinched yet, but I think we were talking they're pretty close to clinching a spot. They're in third in the East right now. So NYCFC kind of tail two extremes. They're playing a team that is pretty far down there. Just kidding. Miami have not been eliminated yet. They're almost there, but not quite yet a team that's pretty far down there, and then a team that's looking to clinch. Do you think NYCFC has a shot in making the playoffs and surviving this collapse they went on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
It's funny. I I went to that game last week, last Wednesday, um, the LA United New York uh, City FC game, and man, NYCFC they looked they looked done, like done for the for the game, done for the season. Uh, after they gave up that goal to Atlanta, they were down one nil for most of the game, and uh, their body language is really bad. And Atlanta was playing really well, but. Atlanta was unable to find a second goal, and after a really bad foul from Atlanta, NYCFC got you know free kick in a good position, and uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's Icelandic. Uh, Thrundensen, I think is how you say his last name, steps up, hits a perfect free kick, steals a point from Atlanta, and ever since then, they've looked like a completely different team. So I feel like that was their moment. That was the moment they needed. I mean, I'm telling you, they looked so done. They looked like they'd given up on the season. And all it took was that one free kick at the end, give them some juice, give them that result, leads into a six-point week, uh, like Drew said, with the 6-0 win over D.C. and the 1-0 win over Chicago. So, I mean, this was a team that went like five games without scoring a goal. (laughs) And then they finally score that goal against Atlanta. It's like the floodgates open. So, I think at this point... Because they have Miami this week, and Miami's not going to be an easy game uh, just because the way the way Miami play are just so like defensively frustrating. Um, either New York City scores early or Miami keeps it interesting all the way through. But I'm going to give – I mean, on paper, New York City FC should win. So I'm going to assume they win, in which case they'll pretty much uh, – they'll pretty much be guaranteed a playoff spot. Actually, I think – Ah, no, Red Bull could sneak in there because of how many games they have left. Um, But they'll basically clinch a playoff spot um, if they win on Saturday against Miami, which I do think will happen. So, you know, props to them. We talked about them a couple weeks ago uh, because they lost Anton Tenerholm for the rest of the season with his um, ACL tear or his Achilles um, injury, I should say. And, uh, you know, good for them to keep fighting because they could have, they could easily be done and have given up, but they're still in it. And like Drew said, looks like they might even be able to uh, grab uh, a home playoff spot, which would be absolutely crazy. Connor, any thoughts from you on NYCFC and their very, very fast turnaround these last week and a half? It's just very impressive considering they have lost Tenor home uh, and they're doing this with their, without their captain and, Arguably best player. Uh, I don't know how much Ebert has factored in either. Um, Castellanos has had a great season after I roasted him earlier in the year. Uh, so there's another one of my terrible takes. Um, but yeah, they've been very impressive, uh, frankly. Especially recently, they had a very... Uh, you two are laughing at me. Um, no, Drew just made another meme. Oh, God. that's <laughs> Another fish meme. I was wondering what you were so hard at work on. It's like this guy is this guy is super focused right now. It's like you playing chess. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's what we're laughing about. But anyway, uh, yeah. So I think um, after that sidebar, uh, NYCFC doing really well. I think what we're not really paying attention to is it's really going to come down to three teams in terms of whether or not they'll make the playoffs and they all sort of play each other. Like, 
it's going to come down to DC, the Red Bulls, and Montreal. Uh, I'm not really factoring in Columbus. I think they're just a little too far out at this point. Uh, but like, the Red Bulls still have three games to play somehow. Um, they're sitting a point back at DC, and they play Montreal Saturday. So that's a huge game. But then they got Atlanta and Nashville, who are going to be two tough opponents. I look at Montreal, who only have two games left, but they do have to play in the Canadian Championship, which is annoying. Actually, they have three games left as well, uh, and they play Orlando in their last match, and they get Houston, so that should be an easy win. Uh, so Montreal are in a very interesting spot as well. This could, This is really, really interesting. I think DC are in a tough spot, given the fact that they're playing... I, I say that. They play Columbus and TFC, so, you know... All three teams have easy games, which comes down to, does another team fall out? And if they do, is it Atlanta, who have been playing pretty well, and they play TFC? They do play the Red Bulls, so that's going to be an interesting game, and then finish the season with Cincinnati. So, like, this is so interesting in terms of what could possibly happen. Does it come down to Orlando, who play Nashville and then Montreal? A lot's going to be decided this weekend in terms of who makes the playoffs. If I were to hazard a guess, and I'm going to ask you to this in a second, out of the East, I think it's Montreal. I think it's the Red Bulls. And I think Orlando and DC fall out. Personally. Orlando sitting at 47. Uh, it would take Montreal winning all three of their last games, but their last game is against Orlando. So they win that one that's basically a six point swing so the gaps gets a lot smaller in that situation but yeah i don't know this is it's the east is really really interesting what do you guys think though who do you think is going to make the playoffs do you think it's going to sort of stay how it is or do you see it going do you see there being a lot of change in terms of the teams who make it um my gut says that it's kind of going to stay the way it is um i know i boldly proclaimed that Orlando was going to miss the playoffs, but I don't know. I think they have enough talents where they can survive any sort of issues. I mean, the four point cushion is not, oh man, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to be able to know so bad and yet I don't. And I mean, these schedules are not easy in my opinion. The fact that Orlando has to play Montreal and Nashville at the end um, is why I'm, I'm hesitant to say that they'll make it because Nashville is not going to be easy, although that is a home game for Orlando. Montreal game is not going to be easy up in Montreal on November 7th. And then for Red Bulls, they have Montreal, Atlanta, and Nashville. And they do have two of those home games. I, I will go ahead and say that the New York Red Bulls are going to beat Atlanta United. I'm just saying. Um, are those the same New York Red Bulls that you call you proclaimed were abysmal? Like... Oh yeah, no they they were they were very bad. They were extremely bad. Uh, by the way, I need to apologize to Phil Neville uh, because I said that he was. What did I say he was? Oh, I called him delusional. I think is what it was. I called him delusional because he said whoever was going to win that upcoming Inter Miami Red Bulls game was probably going to make the playoffs, and Red Bulls won, and then they won like four more in a row after that, and now here they are all of a sudden like fighting for the playoffs. So. Props to you, Phil Neville. I should have never doubted you for a second. 
But yeah, I don't know. This is really, really tough. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be so fun to watch all these games, especially if like, you know, midweek craziness like last night is any sort of in- indication as to how MLS is going to finish other season. What about you, Drew? Do you have any bold predictions for any of these teams left? Do you think it's going to stay the way it is? Obviously, Red Bulls and Montreal, the team sitting out. Columbus, I think, still has a chance since it's only three points below the line, but Miami is pretty much eliminated probably. But what do you think, Drew? I think it's going to stay pretty similar. However, I think it's going to be between... I'm going to take a page out of Phil Neville's book here, and I'm going to say whoever wins the Red Bull Montreal game Saturday is going to take DC spot. If it's a draw, then I'm going to say Montreal will do it. So whoever wins that game, if Red Bulls beats Montreal Saturday, I'm going to say Rebels go. If Montreal wins, Montreal's going to go. If it's a draw, Montreal's going to go because they have Houston. And I think that is a pretty favorable matchup against Houston. And the Rebels don't really have that easy of an opponent, Atlanta, Nashville, like we said. So I'm going to say three possibilities out of this game, two of which I see Montreal replacing DC United. And yeah, so I don't see a whole lot of change, but I think one of these two teams is going to flip and take DC spot, just depending on who wins on Saturday. All right, let's shift to the West, because that is also incredibly interesting. Uh, The team that I claimed would be right in the playoff picture, the Vancouver Whitecaps, are right in the playoff picture, sitting in fifth. So I'm just going to say thank you to Brian White, who decided that he was the second coming of Zlatan Ibrahimovic in MLS. Yes, Drew? Who's the best team in Canada right now? I will say Montreal Impact because... That team doesn't exist anymore. No, exactly. Club de foot de Montreal. There it is. Uh, No, Club de foot de Montreal, because there's no T in Montreal when you say it. I will say they are the best because they're still in the Canadian Championship. Even though they almost got... Even though they almost got eliminated on penalties. Um, Exactly. To Forge? Who did they almost lose to? I think it was Forge. Yes! Yes! Best CPL team ever. The keeper was definitely cheating off his line for all of them, and I will say it was hilarious that it was keeper on keeper who ended up finishing the penalty shootout. Um, Always the best. It's the best. Those MLS cheaters. (laughs) Vancouver are looking pretty good. Um, They're looking pretty solid, but like from LAFC, who's in ninth, to Vancouver, who's in fifth, there's a five of th- no three point gap math is hard there's a three point gap from 45 to 40 or 44 to 47 so four point gap yeah uh oh my god i'm i've confused myself uh i'll, yeah. I'll take it i'll take it from here thank you <laughs> god so from portland in fourth to lafc in ninth there is a five point gap what connor was trying to say is from vancouver thank in you. fifth to lafc in ninth there's just a three point gap which i mean that's absurd because that's literally just a game and all those teams have played the same amount of games except RSL who have a game in hand. So they could theoretically end up in that fifth spot and they could even fight for that fourth spot, depending on what Portland decides to do over the last two weeks, since they seem to be making things interesting here at the end all of a sudden, um, which big props to RSL, by the way. Um, yeah, I think that covers the basics of it. I'll just say my spiel about the West 
and kind of what I think is going to happen. I do think Vancouver is going to win a playoff spot at this point. They've just played so well down the stretch. I mean, this is a team that really looks like they're fighting together. Uh, it's really cool to see – what's his name? Sartini, right? The last name? Uh, the interim coach? Uh, he has been – I think it's Sartini. I think yeah, it is Sartini. I, yeah, so Sartini has been amazing for Vancouver. And it's been really fun to see their media content. They've been sharing a lot of videos. Of, not not that tweet. I'm not talking about that tweet. <laughs> I'm talking about the <laughs> <That> videos. <tweet. laughs> Which has been deleted less than 24 hours later. I'm surprised oh, it even made it. I know, right? <laughs> um, I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did, for being honest. <laughs> but, yeah, there are a lot of screenshots. There are a lot of screenshots. Oh, yeah, I grabbed one because I was like, there's no way this thing is going to stay up for forever. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I think Vancouver is going to secure a spot. Um, just Brian White, Ryan Gold, it's a great tandem. Um, they've been so solid. And Sartini, like I said, he's really done a good job of motivating that team. RSL, I, I kind of want to give them an advantage here just because they have that extra game in hand. Uh, I'm going to look up their schedule real quick for those last three games just to see who they're playing. Uh, but just because they have that extra game, I mean, there's a little bit of wiggle room. All right, not very easy. Uh, they've got San Jose at home, Portland on, oh, Portland at home, and then Sporting Kansas City on the road to end the season, which... Sporting Kansas City could be fighting hard in that game to try and secure the top seed of the West. So that could be a tough game for ourselves. But again, they have that extra game in hand, so I think that's a little bit of an advantage. As for that third spot, because I do think Portland will end up in the playoffs regardless. Um, I don't know. I You know what? I'm going to be a little bold here. I'm going to say LAFC. Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm going to say LAFC sneak into the playoffs here. And I think that the Galaxy will miss out. Wow. Wow. That is a take. They're on fire right now. The Galaxy play Seattle and then Minnesota. Oh, I just now saw LAFC schedule. They do have to play Vancouver and Colorado, which those are not easy games. And they've struggled against Vancouver this year. I don't know. I just don't believe in Minnesota. And I mean, I haven't all year. Minnesota I, might have a harder schedule. Uh, uh, SKC and the Galaxy. Ooh, that game against the Galaxy. That TV. might be the game. That may be the game that gets flexed to national TV because that's going to be the one with the most writing on it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to stick with LAFC. I just think that they're on a roll right now and they're finally playing like the team they're supposed to be. And they're doing it without Edward Atuesta, which is pretty incredible. And they just got Carlos Vela back, which if there's any sort of reinforcement you want to have at the end of the season, uh, it's going to be Carlos Vela. So, yeah, LAFC. I think they're going to make it. All right, Drew, who misses out for you? Misses out. Keywords, out. Misses out of the playoffs. I'm going to say the Galaxy. They got Seattle, Seattle after a loss. That's going to be tough. Uh, they play Monday. We know some, yeah, anytime you play Seattle, that's not easy, and it is in Seattle. So that's going to be rough. And then they have, oh, man, my whole MLS schedule just went away. Crap. And then I think they play Minnesota United. Is that last game? Yeah, we just talked about that. Yeah, they play Minnesota last game of the season. So I think LAFC, I mean, I think the Galaxy is going to miss. LA Galaxy is going to miss the playoffs. I think Minnesota is going to jump ship i think they're gonna take the galaxy spot i think they'll win on that sunday 
and get the win, get it done, clinch that playoff spot, and I think RSL is going to stay there. Um, they have a game in hand on other teams, so literally a win for them puts them in fifth because they've played 31 games every team besides SKC and Austin, which Austin has literally no factor in this whole equation, have played 31 games, so RSL gets one result bouncing their way, and the rest of the league just watches on. I think RSL is going to stay in the playoffs. Uh, they have San Jose on Saturday, a team that's been eliminated. They do in the season with SKC, but I think San Jose, a win there, gets them pretty comfortable. They do get Portland again, some little midweek MLS action. Uh, but the, Portland's beatable. They can beat Portland for sure. They can also lose to Portland. That's going to be a fun one. So I think Minnesota is going to take the Galaxy spot, and I think RSL is going to sit safely in the playoffs. As for Vancouver, I think Vancouver is going to make it. I think they have a big game against LAFC coming up, and their manager even said that if they just get one win out of these next two games, LAFC and Seattle, then he'll feel comfortable on a playoff spot, and I think I agree with him. Just get one win, whether it's Seattle, whether it's LAFC. Obviously, LAFC is the easier of the two opponents, but Seattle, I went over Seattle, might give him a Cascadia Cup. Um, but yes, Vancouver is going to make it, RSL is going to make it, Minnesota is going to make it. But LA Galaxy will fall out. Is my Western Conference take, Connor? Who do you think? Do you think it's going to stay similar, or who do you see dropping and replacing a team in the West? I think that it's tough. Let's look at this Galaxy schedule again. I think the two LA teams miss out. I think Minnesota jumps them. Uh, but I'm ca- no. Uh, I think I think it stays how it is. I think it stays how it is. Uh, I think Minnesota LAFC miss out because I've bet against Greg Vanny so many times and been bitten so many times uh, that I simply can't count against him. So. I'm going LAFC in Minnesota to miss out. I think Vancouver will make it, but I do think Vancouver will be nervous. I think on the final day, I think they're going to be nervous. Uh, But look, we got a really, really exciting end to the season. Unfortunately, it is the end, which makes me. Yes, we got it used. Let's go. Oh Bang. Um, so we figured it out to use it once. Um, but yeah, um, sad to see the end of the season. Uh, although at the same time, happy because I'm a TFC fan. So, you know, uh, get to the off season as soon as possible. Let's do our goals of the week, players of the week, and our games to watch. Let's start off with our goals of the week. I'm going to go first. Because you both have one of your goals is controversial, and I will argue it. The no, other, I'm it's a poor I, choice I'm of very words. angry that I didn't get it. Shut up, Josh. You no, I'm no, not yet. <laughs> My goal of the week was Johnny Russell's curler uh, off of a really nice bit of defe- uh, defending, really nice bit of dribbling uh, from a couple of his SKC teammates. I can't remember who it was. Uh, great setup and then a. Beautiful finish from him. He's had an unbelievable week. He's been in unbelievable form, and we'll get there. Uh, but yeah, I want to. I gave it to Johnny Russell. Josh, what is your goal of the week before we get into the debate? Goal of the week is Lucas Elarion, which arguably isn't the most 
impressive goal from last night, but at the time it definitely was. Um, honestly, the reason why I picked it over the other goal, Drew's goal, which we'll talk about in a second, is because I know how to kick the ball like that, where you use your laces and you um, make it bend inward for a little bit and then bend outward away from your body. And there was a period of time last fall where I was like consistently hitting that kind of ball. So to see it used in an MLS game and scored on in the way that it was, like hitting the underside of the crossbar, going in, I mean, it's just gorgeous goal. So it's a, it's probably a personal favorite of mine uh, from the MLS season. One of my favorite MLS goals um, ever, probably, to be quite honest with you. So it was cool to see that in action. So that's why I went with Lucas Ryan's goal over the goal Drew picked, which got Alyssa Milano talking about it on Twitter. So that's two celebrities that have engaged with MLS content this week. One for a good reason. The Rock, let's get, not let's, so good we have reason. To talk about that. We have to talk about that. Uh, well, what let's was talk Tim Milia doing? Hold on, hold on. Let's let's get Drew's goal of the week, and okay, then we'll circle yeah, yeah, back yeah. because um, Sporting Kansas City had an excellent goal celebration last night. Also, yeah. Uh, to wrap up, <laughs> so Drew, what was your goal of the week? My goal of the week was Darian Espria's bike against who did he do? Dyron. Dyron Espria. I, I came so close. Dyron Espria's goal. Um, the bicycle kick again. Was it Darren? Did I mispronounce it again? I'm trying to find. The no, goal. no, no! I'm just laughing at the first oh, time. You got it right the second time. Like, Darren, yes. Darren Asparilla. <laughs> Darren Asparilla. His goal. Uh, the bike. Granted, it was a pretty bad piece of goalkeeping, but I can't imagine being athletic enough to say in your mind, "Hey, I'm going to bicycle kick this," and then actually having the ability to do so in the direction you wanted it to go with the pace that you wanted that was fast enough to get in. I can't imagine being that athletic and the confidence to do it in a game and to actually pull it off pretty wild. I couldn't do my, it. My favorite it wasn't part, a bike. my favorite part is what that he immediately knew what he was doing with it. He immediately made that decision. No question yeah. about it. As soon as he got the ball, he's like, I'm going to overhead kick this. If you don't want to call it a bike, Connor. No, because he didn't leave his feet. Oh, my gosh. He was on a foot. I don't think it was that good a goal because the goalkeeper basically, like, threw it to him. This might be be the most MLS goal of all time. Horrible goalkeeping leads to banger, like, like in the span of five seconds. Maybe the best MLS goal of all time, which means you're not allowed to be upset at it. I think he did leave his feet. I still think it was a little overrated. I think the goalkeeper mistake ruined it a little bit. Uh, and I also think the defender probably could have done better and potentially cleared that off the line. Uh, but that is another debate for another time. Let's talk about Tim Milia and the fact that he was a suspended for a game, which was initially two games, but was then reduced down to one for quite literally body state lambing Christian Roldan in a game. And I, did he even get booked for it? No. He got no card. He did get a red card suspension after the game that was originally two and then was appealed by Sporting Kansas City. For some reason, he got it down to one game, which I don't really agree with. But yeah, he didn't get a card in the moment at all. You're the goalkeeper for the best team in the West. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) Well, he's already served the suspension. The Rock tweeted about it, which, um, wow. Is that the first time somebody of that stature has ever tweeted about something in MLS? Mm, maybe not ever, but 
it's you know it's not a common thing for big celebrities to be interacting with MLS content. How high do you like put that. The Rock up there in celebrity status? Is the next question because Kanye West was at an MLS game. I think no, Kanye not Kanye, not Kanye. His name is Yee. Ah, uh, yes, you are correct. Yee, West. Yee was at Wait, an MLS game. Yee loves MLS so much. He lived. In Did the he stadium. change his name? Yeah, legally changed. Yeah, he his name changed to his Yee. name to Yee West. Facebook also to changed Yee or Yay. Y E. Yeah, so Yay. He he pronounces it Yay. I'm pretty sure. I can't like, pronounce it. That's a nickname of his. Well, it was a nickname. Well, yes, I I know it's yay. a nickname of his, but it's pronounced or it's written Ye, not Yay. Ye. It's Yay. I will hold that over Kanye West. It's Yay West. How do you say? You don't say Kanye West. You say Kanye West. It's Yay West. Kanye West. That's because there's Kanye in front of it. Oh my God! Why are we debating Kanye's name or Ye's? Ye's <laughs> whatever the hell his name is, Mr. West. There we go. Oh, so he's like just Yay now. That's it. Yes. Nothing else. Wow. The artist formerly known as Kanye West. I think he beats The Rock in celebrity prominence. Uh, I don't know because this man changed his whole legal name nine days ago, and I'm just now finding out about it. And I'm very on Twitter. <laughs> I'm very on Twitter. <laughs> Exactly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Rock, being a little more famous in this case. I think Ye has fallen off just a little bit in the last ten years, as has his music. But moving on, Player of the Let, Week. Let's let's specify. I think the Rock is the most famous at that point in time to talk about MLS. I think Ye Ye, whatever the hell his name is, <laughs> Mr. West, is a more famous person. Kanye West has quite literally double the Twitter followers. No. That Who? Dwayne Who is that? Has. His name Yay, isn't crap. Kanye. <laughs> His Twitter handle is at Kanye West. So when referring to him in Twitter, he, Mr. West has double the Twitter followers that Mr. All right, but he Dwayne didn't, the Rock Jones. But he did not interact with MLS. He was at a game, but he, he was not like interacting with the content. He breathed MLS. He literally slept you know in the stadium. <laughs> None of this matters because it wasn't actually The Rock tweeting about it. It was, it was whoever runs his Twitter account. It was Dwayne Johnson. It wasn't The Rock. <laughs> I don't know. I think that was actually him based on the tweet. That's the point. That's why he hired someone to sound like him tweeting. So he doesn't have to worry about tweeting. It's a really good their job. I think that was actually him because I don't think the Twitter person would do that personally. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, have you seen the Vancouver Whitecaps Twitter account? I think anybody would do anything on the internet. Yes, you're not wrong. The Whitecaps <laughs> did make a very, very big mistake. Um, it was not uh, a mistake. It was just a step, just a step too far. It was hilarious, yes, well, but it was just a step too far. Killer engagement. We'll, fini- we'll finish our goals to watch on that conversation. <laughs> uh, keyword finish on that conversation. Let's go to our players of the week. Uh, Drew, speaking of finishing, <laughs> who is your player of the week? Finished, the queen. Of, <laughs> yeah, uh, our favorite queen, Brian White with the Vancouver Whitecaps. <laughs> he scored a goal last week that um, I'm not sure if we, I don't know the exact wording of the tweet we're referring to, but if you listen to this podcast, you probably know about the tweet because you are an MLS psychopath who knows everything. He can that finish with his right. He can finish with his left. He can finish with his head. He can finish, and I'll let you finish the sentence. Thinking of the Queen. So that's Brian White for you. That's why he won Player of the Week. No. Uh, he's scoring <laughs> against Minnesota. That's like 
six goals in six games now, something crazy like that. So he's been on fire. He's been a big part of this Vancouver run and even causing some controversial tweets. So he's doing it all social media, scoring goals. Him and the Scottish Messi are really tearing up in Vancouver because the Canucks are not as they just let in a power play goal to the Flyers. So Whitecaps, I think the Lions are pretty bad as well. But maybe the Whitecaps are going to save the city. But that's who I went with for my player of the week. Josh, who did you go for both of your player of the weeks? A weird one that I did not expect you to type on the dock. Yeah, kind of flew under the radar, but RSL had a huge, uh, I think it was a 2 nothing win last night. And Justin Merrim assisted on, or was it 2-1? Did they play Minnesota last night? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> either way, Justin Merrim Dallas. assisted. Oh, Dallas, that's right. Uh, Justin Merrim assisted both of uh, Salt Lake's goals. So really, really big performance from him. Really big game from RSL who continue to hang around. And like I said earlier, they're in a good spot to be making the playoffs. And then I picked uh, Christian Aranjo as uh, my second option for his. I think he had a goal and an assist for LAFC in their big win over Seattle. Um, and then I also had a weird player of the week for last weekend because this was for Wednesday night. But my other one from over the weekend, which I didn't tweet out, but I submitted. I picked uh, Christian Caceres. Uh, for Red Bulls, uh, he had a goal and an assist, I believe, for their big win over the weekend. So uh, those are my players of the week this week. Uh, what about you, Connor? I went with the Scot- well, the, the Scottish Messi, who uh, has been playing better than the actual Scottish Messi. He has scored in eight straight games, which is unbelievable and flown incredibly under the radar. Uh, Johnny Russell has been in just phenomenal recently for SKC. Uh, so I went with him. He was my goal of the week and my player of the week. Fellow Scott, so shout out him. Uh, guy who doesn't get enough love, get nearly enough love in MLS uh, for being a really reliable attacker, usually right winger for SKC. But let's go to our games to watch, and we'll start with Johnny Russell's team and Josh Boland. Yep, I've got Sporting Kansas City. Facing off against uh, Minnesota United in Minnesota. Obviously a big game. Sporting Kansas City is uh, still fighting for that top spot, trying to clinch that top uh, top seed for the West and get uh, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Um, meanwhile, Minnesota are fighting to make the playoffs. So I'm excited to see it. And, you know, they have the quote-unquote nicest rivalry in soccer or whatever is their stupid rivalry name. Uh, but last time these two teams played it was anything but because Sporting Kansas City got a red Minnesota failed to win it was an incredible game very entertaining very very MLS so I'm expecting something similar this weekend especially with the stakes much higher this time uh Drew I'll go with you next I guess yes we are on yep games to watch I went sticking with Vancouver LAFC Vancouver on November 2nd I think that's a Tuesday um obviously both are fighting for a playoff spot Vancouver, pretty much it feels like they just can't mess up, uh, especially that Seattle game coming up next. This is their best chance, I think, to get points. So I went with Vancouver, LAFC, both teams making the, trying to make the playoffs. Uh, big games for both of them. As the best team in Canada plays the second-best team in Los Angeles, Connor, uh, speaking of Canada, who do you have in your game to watch? 
My game to watch is, as you alluded to, not going to be Toronto FC because they suck. Instead, it will be the New York Red Bulls against the Club de Foot de Montréal. Uh, big game, big playoff implications, as we already discussed. Uh, I'm disappointed I didn't go with FC Dallas versus Austin because that would have been funny. Uh, and two incredibly terrible teams. Texas is back. If not worse. Uh, um... <laughs> If not worse, that doesn't make sense. If not worse than they already are, they could get even just even more worse uh, after that game. But we'll hopefully see Nkosi, Tafara. I, who knows? Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't have anything else I need to add other than Tim Milia should join the WWE post-career. Uh, he'd fit in very well. Drew. That'd be awesome. <laughs> nice. Talk about marketing in MLS. Let's have that happen. There you go. And Halloween is this weekend. Are either of you dressing up? Um, I am deciding to dress up as a Brave fan going to his first ever World Series game. Cool, cool. I'm going as a depressed That's... Falcons fan as we lose to the car, uh, the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah, Atlanta sports. <laughs> the duality. There you go. So look forward to the Atlanta sports this weekend. Big games for her. The baseball and, well, there's a football game. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. I will hand off the typical outro to Drew after saying follow my Practicum's Instagram account, at Breaking the Ice. We'd very much appreciate it uh, because we want as many people to see this story as possible. Uh, but, Drew, I will let you take us out after I stop rambling. Yes. What does the word practica mean? Nobody really knows, but we'll do it anyway. Um, thanks again so much for listening as usual. F- please uh, visit the website MLSMultiplex.com to check out really awesome written content from our writers as stuff gets posted as the season comes to an end. Uh, follow the website on Twitter at MLSMultiplex to see stories as they get tweeted and things like that. You can find us on Twitter, Josh at Josh underscore Bolin to see any more really bad hot takes he has about the league. You can find Connor at CWG Somerville to see even more really bad hot takes that he has about the league. You can find me at underscore Drew Hubbard as I correctly tweet out all these wonderful takes about SKC being the best team in the Western Conference. So, Wrong. Yeah, thanks again so much for listening. As <laughs> always, we appreciate it. Um, please leave a review on the podcast. We love hearing ways of how we can get better. So thanks again so much, as always, for listening. And be sure to tune in next week because we will have another episode for you then. So we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the MLS Multiplex Podcast. Check out all of the contributors' written work at MLSMultiplex.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.